What this was doing was actually using Dell technology to ensure that we brought music to people. You'll often see people fighting about things like um, religion or values or things like that. People don't tend to fight about music. Music brings people together. Establishing very clear brand fundamentals that are connected to the history of the brand and then using that as a filter for everything that you do is a really, really important unlock because it gives everyone a frame of reference. We were raised in a world where differences were more pronounced and today youth doesn't see that. And I'm so inspired and also optimistic by what I see from our youth. Welcome to Loud and Clear. This is your host, Francisco Cárdenas. We're on the second episode of the third season where we keep looking for answers beyond the obvious. We look into both ad agencies and marketing leaders striving for constant betterment of themselves and the brands they represent. We strive to bring people who care about what they do and why they do it. We're so excited to present our guest today. Someone who lives day in and day out by giving the brands she represents purpose and meaning. Meet Kathy Hines, Global Vice President of Marketing and Licensing of BF Corporation Dickies. BF Corporation also has brands like North Face, Vans, Timberland, Smartwood, Napapidi, I hope I said that right, just to name a few. <laughs> Kathy is a native from South Texas where I can probably say I have family and a fellow Longhorn. Uh, she has been around the world and has held positions that range from business development at Nike to media strategy and business development at WPP's Mindshare uh, and Dell by bringing human passion and technology together to where she is today, where she's creating culture inside and out BF Corporation through the expression of fashion and utility wear in a journey that has taken her around the world. Welcome, Kathy. Gracias por estar aquí. How are you doing? Francisco, estoy contenta. Thank you, Francisco. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we are really honored that you accepted the invitation. We know we know you're super busy, but uh, we appreciate the time that you're taking. And I mean, I think your story is amazing. You know, we were talking about you being a pioneer in marketing, working as a director of social media. Even you could say before it was social media was even a thing, and that digital and experiential at Dell. How did you like? jumped into that space, Kathy. How did you saw the light and the opportunity in that space? Well, yeah, going back to that Dell experience, you know, it's interesting. I was living in New York at the time. Because I went to the University of Texas, I had a lot of contacts in Dell and they reached out and were interested in me joining a position where I would be leading consumer marketing with a focus on experiential, digital, and social media. And so I found that this was quite exciting because I'm about human connection and sometimes bridging technology and human connection perhaps isn't so clear. And so what I felt really passionate about is bringing that to life. So when I joined Dell, one of the things that we were able to do was launch a series of partnerships with music festivals. And these festivals were things like Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, um, Jazz Fest. And so the thinking behind it was if we could use Dell technology to actually fuel what was happening in person at these festivals and fuel that into a social environment. So in this case, fuel the live stream to YouTube, 
What this was doing was actually using Dell technology to ensure that we brought music to people. And so this was really important for us as a brand because what we know um, just as, as, as a globe is that music is a universal passion point. Yeah. Music brings everyone together. You know, you'll often see people fighting about things like um, religion or values or things like that. People don't tend to fight about music. Music brings people together. It is an absolute universal passion point. And so we felt very strongly by leaning into the universal passion point of music and using our technology to bring music to people across the world by bringing these live music festivals to millions and millions and millions by piping it to YouTube, that was a really important way that we could use technology and digital amplification within a physical experience. So it was incredible. I mean, I will never forget when we were piping the live stream of Coldplay that was playing at one of the music festivals to YouTube and we saw the millions and millions of people watching it. We thought we we did it. We actually were able to humanize a physical, we were able to digitize a physical experience through technology. So again, that was the beginning. Wow. We called it digital and social media, but again, it all comes down to to people and and to bringing things that people care about into the lives of people. You had a very clear and human insight, which is connecting, you know, making those human connections. And it seems that that has been something constant through your career, right? Today, if we talk about diversity, that has not changed from those Dell times to what you're doing a little bit in BF Corporation with diversity. For sure. And I like the word inclusion. So going back to your earlier point about it's, uh, it's always been a North Star for me. I'm at my best when I am in complete alignment with myself. And when I'm out of integrity or when I'm out of alignment with myself, that's when I'm not at my best. So I just endeavor very strongly to be an environment so that I can bring the best of myself so that I can be an, in alignment. And that's really when I feel like I have an opportunity to shine and enable others to shine. Because I think it's in the uplifting of others and in shining light in optimistic ways that we can all make a difference. So coming back to, you mentioned diversity, I like to talk about inclusion. You know, there's a couple of points in my career where that has been very, very meaningful. When I was back in Switzerland, responsible for the North Face marketing in Europe, one of the things that was really clear was that outdoor and mountain advertising leaned very male and kind of looked a certain way. And we very much wanted to shed light on the fact that there were female athletes in the mountains and a lot of them were North Face athletes. And so we wanted to make sure that we, we made that statement that there are female athletes out there doing extraordinary things in the mountains. And the spirit behind this is if you see more women, there will be more women. In this case, it had to do with the mountains, but it's really the case in everything that we see across the world. We're starting to see it in corporate America. You're starting to see an acceleration of wanting to see women and people of color on boards. It's about if we show people in that light, there will be more people in that light. So that was one example that for me, I felt very much in alignment with myself and in alignment with kind of my North Star as kind of what I'm here on this earth to do. More recently, something that, that hit home with us was during the pandemic as a brand. Right now, um, I have the great pleasure of serving Dickies, which is almost 100 year old workwear brand. And one of the things that we realized during Dickies 
during the pandemic was that Black-owned businesses were at much greater risk for going out of business than other businesses. And so we asked ourselves, what role can we play? And we realized that if dignity, if we're about dignity of work, it was our responsibility to shine a light on Black-owned businesses, to give others a fighting chance. And we have a platform where we can do that. So using our platform to lift Black-owned businesses became something that was important for us. And what we realized was this was actually a platform that was important for all underrepresented communities. So we took that as a model and started to uplift, for example, the LGBTQ community who were creative and who were makers. During Hispanic Heritage Month in September, we started to shine a light on Hispanic-owned businesses. We did it in March for women-owned businesses during Women's History Month. So again, the topic of, of inclusion and kind of using your brand in an authentic, human, and real way connected to your brand purposes, to tell those stories that are important to change kind of what's happening in the world, to change the narrative, I feel um, is one of the reasons I'm here. No, that's amazing. And I mean, the, the North Face story, I think me as a dad of a little girl, I, I love it. I appreciate it. I'm always trying to push for empowerment. And I think it's something that a lot of leaders like you are starting to do. And it, it shows. Um, so thank you. Uh, and then when it comes to Dickens, I think the story is amazing. And I think the U.S. obviously has, speaking about spotlights globally, has the spotlight globally on, on a lot of these issues. Do you see what you're doing kind of spilling over? Well, obviously the North Face, you did it in Europe, right? But uh, do you see what you're doing in Dickies also spilling over uh, across the globe um, on, on, on what you're doing? Do you see people following on that or are you already doing it? I feel like all of our brand leaders have this spirit and that's one of the reasons I feel so fortunate to be MVF is we are very purpose uh, driven. And so whilst Dickies right now, we're doing it through this lens of dignity of work, um, our other brands do it as well, but they do it through the lens of what their brand purpose is. So um, I wouldn't say necessarily that I am, it's spilling other, spilling into other brands. We all inspire each other and we all learn from each other. Um, and I think that's part of the power of being in this collective is that we learn from each other. Yeah. Um, how do you, like, I wonder, and going back to how do you go in and change a place or, or just basically inspire, have, have you, I wonder if with this calling and this leadership that you've had, uh, have you felt resistance and, and, and how have you inspired people to really feel motivated to, to do something like this and, 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 and see it as something that eventually is not only doing good, but it's going to be good for the company itself. Sure. I mean, maybe I can talk a little bit about Napapiti because that was um, a really interesting experience for me. Um, before going to Napapiti, I was living in New York City. I had lived overseas once before that. I had lived in the UK for three years, but really I had been in the US for a while. You've been all over. <laughs> exactly. I've lived all over. But in particular for this experience, while I was living in New York, working for one of our DF brands, I was asked to uh, go take responsibility for global marketing for Napapiti. Piri, um, as well as global strategy and e-commerce for Napa Piri. And so um, to come back to your question about culture and inspiring others, I think first and foremost, when I joined Napa Piri, what I found is the leader, the brand president, and I had a very unique connection where we really, really saw perhaps what others don't see, um, you know, with the type of people that see, see beauty and small things and are inspired by small things. And so we had that connection which 
it is almost an, 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 an eye for kind of the art and the beauty that is everywhere. And not everyone perhaps has um, that philosophical view on the world, but we did. And we had that connection. And that was important. And then our other peers, my peers within Napa, we had that connection as well. And the reason I bring this up is when a team within a brand has an authentic human and respectful connection, that's the first step to creating a positive culture in a company. And so that connection that we had, it was magic. It unlocks magic within a company and within employees and within culture. Because if the top isn't aligned and, and believe in each other, it's really, really hard for that to filter down. But in our case, we did. We had that really, really important connection. Um, the second thing with Napapiri is it has a very rich, human and unique history connected to the outdoors, connected to a woman entrepreneur. And it just had this really special story that I felt needed to be teased out and told. And so what we did as a team is we worked on a lot of brand fundamentals that basically brought out from an Apapiri perspective, what was our brand purpose? What are our brand values? And then brought that into a strategic framework to say, what is it from a strategic perspective we want to do to move the brand forward? And so that would be the second thing I would say is in addition to connecting as a leadership team, the second is establishing very clear brand fundamentals that are connected to the history of the brand. And then using that as a filter for everything that you do is a really, really important unlock because it gives everyone a frame of reference. It gives everyone in the company the ability to say, am I connected to our fundamentals and our strategy and gives a look back to whether we're connected. So you know, one of the examples I like to share is Napa had an incredible commitment to innovation as well as sustainability. Mm -hmm. And what we were able to do is to translate that into something that made sense for consumers. And so what I mean by that is one of the brand fundamentals for Napa became make it better. And so what that meant was from an innovation and sustainability perspective, as a brand, we recognize we will never be perfect because that's there's no such thing as being perfect. But what we did want to do is endeavor every single season to make it better, that brand value. And so on the back of that brand value, we started to launch season after season, a series of innovations that would align with that overarching value of make it better. You know, the first thing that we did was we launched Ecofur and we wanted to say that we were taking our first step in removing animal products from Napapiri products. So from that season forward, we no longer had animal fur on our product. One season later, we removed animal feathers from our product and introduced a filling that was eco and animal free. So at that point, we made it better by not only being animal free with our fur, but also animal free with our filling. So that was yet another step towards make it better. Then um, in our third season, we launched something called the Super Light Parka. And what the Super Light Parka did is it leveraged this insight that consumers, um, you know, when you're in the city, and it's cold and you're going from a taxi to the outdoors to a shop and then back outside like by the end of the day your parka becomes a burden because it's really really heavy right. and it really becomes a burden so the insight behind the super light parka was not only was it animal free so it was fur free and it was free of animal filling but it actually was at that moment the lightest sustainable parka in the market because we wanted to remove weight 
from this heavy parka whilst keeping you warm. So again, that's just an example. It's a long example of how first alignment from a leadership perspective informs culture and drives action. And then how brand fundamentals can serve as a filter for everything that you do and then provide consistency in product and then narrative around that product. So did you guys have a timeline or a pipeline? Because it seems super purposeful what you guys did. and. It seems that it's no accident that you brought in the company to be a part of this. That's the beauty of having a value that says make it better because then there's no end and it enables you every season to ask as an organization, what's next uh, to make it better. And so I left Napa after two years to take on the role at the North Face, but Napa continues to launch incredible innovations, incredible sustainable and consumer first innovations because it became- They have a clear foundation. Exactly. Going back to brand foundations, serving as kind of the reason and the filter through which you take action. Awesome. One of the reasons why we created this podcast is also trying to, you know, we talked about betterment and trying to challenge ad agencies to, for us to be better, right? As, as our audience knows, we're, we're Lerman ad agency out of Dallas, Texas. And I always ask myself, what can we do better, right? What, what can we do in, in a role like this? Because it seems to me that clarity and vision is coming a lot from clients like you and leadership in agencies, it seems to me that previous decades, there was a little bit more leadership in that sense. How are agencies helping you bring to life this vision? Are they part of this vision? Are they part of these strategic discussions of where you want to take a brand? Yeah, I mean, I would say the first, like our strongest and most aligned agency partners, we uh, first and foremost brief properly and we give them a very clear perspective who we are as a brand and a very clear perspective of our brand fundamentals. So often if an agency isn't crystal clear who the brand is and what they stand for and what those fundamentals are, then what's going to come back is going to be out of alignment. It comes back to, I talk about alignment with myself. A brand is the same. If we can articulate and clarify a North Star and values for a brand, then what come back should be in alignment. And when it's out of alignment, it either means that it wasn't appropriately briefed or that the agency partner didn't get it and didn't act upon those brand fundamentals. So our strongest partnerships really understand our brand at the most fundamental level, I would say the first thing. Um, the second thing is our strong, strongest agency partners right now are, are agile and are able to pivot. So, you know, many, many years ago, there was situation where relationships were based on kind of retainers and very clear deliverables and you get this out of this photo shoot and the world has changed and it's less about prescriptive outcomes and more about evolving with the time and responding to life's moments with content that connects to the brand. And that agility for some agencies who can get it makes it the agency's greatest strength. For perhaps other agencies that are more uh, regimented or perhaps act in you know ways of the past, it's a little bit harder. So that's what I would say is the second thing. 
And then I would say a third thing that I'm noticing is agency partners that have a lower kind of uh, fixed cost base are at a greater advantage because the large ones with massive fixed cost bases, um, you know, put a brand like us, we're not one of the, we're, you know, probably the fourth largest brand within VF. So we don't have the ability to support massive agency retainer fees. Mm. Um, and that is usually as a consequence of agencies that have massive fixed costs. So that's what we really have have to ask ourselves like is that worth it or can we do it ourselves and as you say this brief properly agencies sometimes want to be part of that brief and hack themselves as somebody that is in tune with the consumer and is in tune with culture so if that is happening it's almost like you would want to work on a brief together with a client to try to understand hey this is just the best space where you can be, or, or the best opportunity where you can be with the brand and what you're trying to build. The whole compensation thing, I think it's it's another podcast <laughs> of it itself. Because the world has changed so much. Tremendous. Yeah. yeah, it is. And again, um, the models are evolving tremendously. And we'll see like what the model of the future is, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Because... The whole debate of value, we represent consumers versus brands and then bring together the value of those brands to consumers, thus becoming more relevant and thus generating more sales and thus, you know, everything being more successful. But it is a whole question of how do you value that? How do you put that in a piece of paper and do that exchange of services versus what you're getting? At the end, with a product, fashion. What role is fashion having in how the world is changing? It seems that, you know, North Face, you make a, a big statement, Napapiri as well. What is your point of view on the role of fashion on, on making the world a better place? I mean, I can talk about it through the lens of our brands, and then I can just talk about fashion in general and my own perspective, um, not necessarily within brands. So as it relates to brands, I can talk about the North Face. I can talk about Dickies now. With Dickies, Dickies is not one to make fashion statements. I think instead what happens is our aesthetic and our history is very true and authentic to workwear. And so when fashion recognizes that we have authenticity in that workwear, in that minimalist aesthetic that is connected to workwear, that's where we play a role because then that aesthetic can inform fashion in really unique ways and there's a story there to be told. So I think that's a unique entree into, into fashion. Because of our authenticity, it goes the wrong direction when we try to be fashion instead of allowing fashion to recognize our truth, our history and bring that in. Yeah. Exactly. And I would say the same is for the North Face is the North Face has had really incredible moments within fashion and recently did a collaboration with Gucci. My, my good friend, Tim Hamilton's their head of design, incredible designer, incredible visionary. And what he does so effectively is he brings in the aesthetic of the mountain and then plays with that uh, within fashion and within collab. So as long as it's staying true to who the brand is originally, and, um, you know, he does that really well with the North Face and, and with that design perspective, then that's when a heritage brand like a Dickies or like a North Face has a really unique place to play in fashion. Wow. And I think it's cool to stay true to yourself and then the rest will come, right? Like trends will pick it up. And But if you lose that, which is there's temptation to do that because then you start believing, oh, we are the cool thing. But staying in workwear, it's what makes you what got you there. So 
I think that's really good, again, speaking about North Stars and being true to yourself. So it seems that as you go in the journey of transforming companies and their thinking, how do you transform yourself? Like, how do you keep true to yourself and, and make sure that you're ready for the next year or the next thing that's coming? Well, I'm not talking about changing companies, but I'm talking about the evolution of where you are and what you want your brands that you present to become. First is I get my mind and my thinking out of the way. So a lot of people will start to get into their head and overthink things. And I've learned that I have to do the opposite to actually be in alignment with myself. So I do a lot of different things. Um, I try to meditate almost every day. That's my moment of clarity. And that's where I try to remove thought and just be still. And I think that's when a lot of the clarity comes. So I meditate. Um, I'm also trained as a Reiki healer. I believe in energy and I believe in, I've always been a very perceptive person. So kind of perceiving energy is something else that I do. So I'm often intuitive enough about a situation or about a person to know if they are suitable for the environment that I want to be in. So I very much lean into intuition. But at the same time, I also recognize that, you know, my mother who's Mexican always used to say, mijita, en cada cabeza todo un mundo, which means in every head there's an entire universe, which means that we have to recognize that everyone is in their unique place. And perhaps sometimes when I or anyone feels misalignment with another person, it's very rarely about me. It's often that person has their own journey that they're going through and trying to exercise empathy and understanding and getting underneath that is something that I try to do and not immediately assume that, oh, I don't like that person or, oh, that person doesn't like me and really try to understand the root of that person. So again, a lot of different things from meditation to perceiving energy to empathy are all of the things that I try to do to stay in alignment. So yeah, it's interesting how sometimes the answer is inside yourself, right? Like when you're lost, you're trying to look for answers outside and, and see what's going on. But a lot of times it's just looking into yourself and going back to what your core is. As far as inspiration, you and I talked about how I see a lot of CMOs and marketers, basically rock stars, driving brand messages. What inspires you? We talked about Elon Musk a little bit of what he's doing, which actually I heard this podcast of uh, what he's doing down in Neil Brownsville. That's where I'm Boca Chica, right. I was like, wow, Elon Musk is in my hometown. What in the world? That's, I was listening to that this weekend. I'm like, oh, we talked with Kathy about it. He inspires me. I think he's, he's a visionary. You know, There's debate of his methods and stuff. Who do you look up to? Somebody like you that's done so many meaningful campaigns and generated changes. Your muse, I guess. You know, I have a lot of different muses. One of my muses, I've always been inspired by Bono from U2. And the reason I've always been inspired by him is he was one of the original people that really acted out of integrity with himself. So everything that he's ever done has been for the betterment of things that he cares passionately about. He cared passionately about Africa. He still does. He cares passionately 
about the AIDS um, and the HIV epidemic. And you can see that there's a consistency of his behavior. So observing that my whole life and watching that he used kind of his success as a global musician that was known across the world and used that as a way to enable and bring good to things that he cared about deeply, um, I find to be very, very inspirational. Um, equally, I'm very inspired by the youth of today. When I was growing up, I don't know that we had the voice. I think kids these days are realizing they have a voice. And when I was growing up, it took me a little longer to realize the, the potential for my own power and impact and ability to even say anything. And youth these days are very, very open and they care and they understand the importance of being kind to our planet, being kind to others, being inclusive. The whole gender spectrum with youth these days, they don't see gender. They're very open about that. They're far more open about, uh, they don't see differences perhaps the way that we were raised in a world where differences were more pronounced and today youth doesn't see that and I'm so inspired and also optimistic by what I see from our youth and hopeful um, that this is really going to lead to great things. Yeah, I mean, I think they you're right. They definitely understand the power of action. And I feel the same as you, like we were younger. We were like, you know, going back to Spanish, callese y escucha, but and which exactly. is good listening, right? But we never thought that we had so much power to take action and really generate change, which we did back then as well. But now the, the young generations are really just standing up and, and making meaningful changes with the world, which I, I agree with you. Bono used rock and roll and music. You're using marketing a little bit to have clarity on your goals and what, you, what you're doing, which I think is super cool. Thank you. I try to use those passion points. And again, I try to bring music and what I do whenever I can, because even though it's a universal passion point, it's also a personal passion point. So when I can use music to make a, some form of a message, I try to do that as well. Uh, that's awesome. I think, yeah, music has a power that's hard to describe. Kathy, we cannot be more grateful for you and your team to put this together, creating this space. I wanted to open up the last minutes we have for you to share any last words of advice to marketers and admin and women out there that want to make a difference and do things differently, right? Like it's very easy to give up, right? Like if you're talking about Bono and it's very easy to just get on the stage and do your music and get your check and be famous, but he did more, right? What word of advice do you have, especially for the young people that are coming into the market? I guess, the, you know, something that I really live and guides me is if you always focus on uplifting others, like if you use your light to shine it on others, you really can't go wrong with that. So that's one thing that I would share is use your own light and figure out what you have to bring and then make sure that you're bringing that to others and for the benefit of others, but also for the benefit of yourself, which I would say is the second one is never act from fear, but act from a place of optimism and from a place of love. And again, not to be overly, you know, uh, philosophical or romantic, but if you're acting from a place where you truly feel love or joy or optimism, then you're acting from a great place. The, the opposite is if you're doing something out of fear or because you're concerned that you're going to lose your paycheck, that's when you're acting from a place that isn't genuine. So again, 
shine your light on others and act from a place of joy, optimism and love and you really can't go wrong. I definitely agree. Like I think it trickles down. Like you can start with your team and it expands and you can definitely see campaigns, work, movies, music that's out there that was made with love and passion versus something that was just to check the mark or or to save another paycheck like you said. I think that's awesome advice. Well, thank you so much, Kathy. I won't take more of your time, but I, I, I do want to invite you to come back again. I think the fees conversation is interesting to me uh, to see what the model is going to be more than fees, the model of how to add value within the agencies and the market space and how everything is changing with innovation, etc. So here we are loud and clear and finishing this episode with Kathy Hines, Global Vice President of Marketing and Licensing of BF Corporation. Is there anywhere where people can find you, reach out to you, uh, social media, anywhere? Are you open to that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, Kathy Hines. Um, you can find it by searching Kathy Hines BF Corporation, Kathy Hines Dickies, Kathy Hines North Face. It'll come up that way. Uh, my Instagram is Sona and Soul, S-O-N-A and Soul, S-O-U-L, but it's also in my LinkedIn. So you can find my Instagram there. So you can reach out on either LinkedIn or on Instagram. Not always terribly responsive because I get a lot of um, inbound, but I try. It's never because I don't want to. <laughs> of course, I'm sure people will understand and, and I will definitely love to keep in touch with you. So thank you. So there you have it. You can listen to Loud and Clear on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Teacher, wherever you listen to your podcast, please share and rate us. We love to hear what you think of the podcasts. If you have any ideas or things that you want us to explore, we would love that. You can also find us at our website at lermaagency.com. This is your host, Francisco Cárdenas, Rolf Ries on the production, Stephanie Bianz on the social media team, and Pete Lerma, executive producer. Until next time, thank you so much. Kathy Hines, much love. This is loud and clear. Ciao, thank Francisco. you. Gracias. Nos vemos.